I wanted to sort of educate people to not be surprised when you go through suffering because honestly, we live in a broken world and there is going to be suffering. I'm not like a doomsayer, but I mean, I think that when we are prepared and aware that there may be some severe suffering coming in our lives. And so just making people aware of that, but then also providing them a resource of here's what this looked like for this person. You are listening to The Pumping Podcast, and I am your host, Jessica Lorian. I am so happy to be with you to kick off a new year of 2021. Mamas and listeners, I hope that you had a wonderful closing of 2020. We were able to put that all behind us, and I can only pray and wish for all of you health and happiness in a wonderful new year coming up. We are kicking off 2021 with a warrior of a mama, Allie Christian. This is a story of inspiration and strength, and I hope that it inspires you for this new year that no matter what comes your way, you'll be able to find the beauty in it and feel encouraged to overcome. So without further ado, here is Allie. Mamas, I'm really, really lucky and excited to introduce to you this beautiful mama who is stronger and braver than anybody I think I've ever met. Her name is Allie Christian, and she is the mama of two beautiful daughters. Allie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me on. This is so fun, Jessica. Oh my gosh, it's such a joy. So first of all, we'll get into your story and all of that. And I am just, I have to say, I think I reached out to you one day. I was sort of surfing, you know, Instagram as you do, thinking, hmm, I need some inspirational people for the new year. We've been through a hard year, right? Yeah. Like, I need I need some inspirational people. And I came across you and you just made me cry. <laughs> and I think oh. that's pretty much what I said in my <laughs> message. I was like, okay, well, now that I'm sobbing um, <laughs> yes. and I'm just so blown away by your strength and your bravery. And also I think what struck me the most is how you are daily, it seems, teaching your daughters firsthand bravery, and they're seeing it right in you and through you, through this unbelievable battle that you're going through. So I wanted to start off asking, maybe I should have prepped you with this question, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that you'll know, uh, you'll know right away, but I want to start off with your why. What's your why? What gets you going? And how do you keep going? Yeah. So to be honest, the what gets me going is um, my family and my desire to continue to fight really is my husband and my girls. Um, I sometimes think, you know, what would what would this fight look like if I didn't have my husband and girls? I think it might look a little bit different, but my grit and determination to live and live fully comes from my girls and my husband. So just give us a little bit of an introduction and then we'll go back into um, our motherhood focus and life before motherhood. But give us a little introduction um, as to this battle that you've been fighting and, and fighting and winning and just, you know, on top of that mountain, I'm just so impressed by you and inspired by you. Thank you. So the battle that I've been fighting for almost two years now has been stage four cancer. And this spring I did get a clear scan, which means there was no evidence of disease. So 
um, to be technically cancer free, to be able to call yourself cancer free for the type of cancer that I have, which is Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, you have to be in remission or have no evidence of disease for five years. And so it's been less than a year now. So we are praying that my skin's continue to come back clear. And, um, but yeah, that is the battle that I have been fighting since March of 2019. So like I said, it's almost been two years. And I know that you have a lot of faith in your world and in your life. And, you know, recently I have been, I've been looking for a little bit of lift me up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who is it, right? 2020 yeah. has been a hard year. Yeah. And so I've found myself circling back on um, The Secret. And I just um, last month put out an episode. I do these quick little episodes once a month. They're called Coffee Chats. And I, I post up um, a few of my favorite things that have been inspiring me that month. And so one of my favorite things for last month was... Rhonda Byrne, she's the author of The Secret. She has a second book that's come out called The Greatest Secret. And it basically goes deeper into the secret and being aware and, you know, on and on and on. But whether it is that you believe in God or an energy or whatever it is, I truly think like, especially in your situation and in all, I mean, truly in all of our lives, I think we need this assumption that we're healthy and that we are going or that we're going to accomplish whatever we want to accomplish or that our children are going to be you know the way that we want them to be right how has that sort of faith or positive thinking affected your journey yeah that is a great question it has completely transformed my thinking even Honestly, like you said, it does affect you physically what you believe. My mom and I were just having this conversation um, a couple of days ago. So I firmly believe in um, God that he has healed me, that he has been with me through this journey. I really, I don't know what I would do, how differently things would have turned out for me if I didn't continue to seek him and and read his read the Bible, his word, and and pray and talk to him. Um, he has just given me so much peace and so much joy and so much clarity through this journey. So I didn't feel. I honestly, when I was first diagnosed, I I didn't even have the desire to ask the question why, like why did this happen to me? And I really thought that I would have asked that question. Like I always thought, you know, if something terrible ever happens, I'm always going to ask the question why. And I really think that um, that was his kindness to me to not even allow me to be asking that question, but instead focusing on healing and focusing on what he wants to teach me through this journey instead of you know, thinking, well, this happened to me and being angry and and questioning him, but instead just trusting his plan that this is all going to turn out for my good and for his glory. Even, you know, even if I didn't, um, you know, if things didn't turn out okay, like Mm -hmm. that would still be a perfect, the perfect plan that he has for my life. So that has really gotten me through. My mom and I, um, like I said, we were having this conversation the other day and, and we were just talking, you know, I think, so I would consider myself a Christian. A lot of Christians have a hard time, um, 
with the mind-body connection um, because it can seem a little bit new age. Um, but I, I really believe that the Lord created us to have a healthy relationship with our body and with our mind and for those to be connected. And so what, you know, like what you just touched on, it's really important for me to believe that I'm going to be healthy, believe that I will be healed. Not but that you also, will be, that you are. Right. That you I, are, that you I yeah. currently are and you've, you're cancer free, you're healed. Right. Right. Exactly. And to remember that because it's so powerful when, um, sometimes I'll even catch myself thinking because for so long I have had cancer and thought of myself as sick. And so when I got that news that I was cancer free or intermission, it was like, left it off my shoulder. And so I have to continue to remind myself of that because it does physically weigh on you stress and anxiety or that burden of feeling, you know, just like considering yourself an ill person that really weighs on you. And so I have to continue to remember that. Um, and that was the conversation that my mom and I were having, that there really is a connection between the words that we speak to ourselves, the words that we think about ourselves, they, they can physically play out. And, you know, that's, that's honestly straight from the Bible that words can bring life or they can bring death, like literal death. (laughs) So, yeah. You know what I want to challenge you to do this New Year's for a New Year's resolution? I don't know if you like resolutions, but I'm going to give you a task. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why I'm so inspired to do it. Okay. So (laughs) go for it, girl. My task for you. And we're going to check in in like a couple months or a month. Yeah. You are no longer in remission. You are cancer free. Okay. Let's do it. I don't, I don't care how the doctors say you have to be a certain amount of years because how many people have gotten certain diagnoses that then go away an unbelievable amount of time where they're told that they'll never walk or never speak or never do all these things Mm -hmm. and then exceed those expectations right absolutely yes so I think I think I should encourage you to from here on out like okay fine if you're going to talk to someone and tell them like the legit details you can tell them okay according to the doctors or whatever (laughs) but for for your purposes you're cancer free I love it yes absolutely let's do it you know I in this seeking of like trying to lift myself up and everything I was re-watching The Secret it's on Netflix if anyone wants to to watch it you can actually just listen to it there's like not much to watch Mm -hmm. um but documentary version of it. And in that, they talk about how they did this experiment with Olympians and they had Olympians close their eyes and they hooked them up to certain, you know, monitors of their body, heart, mind, whatever, pulse, blah, blah, blah. And they had them visualize going through their Olympic their event. Yeah. Their event. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. They had them visually go through it and, and, you know, do it to the best of their ability. Like they succeeded at that event. And at the end, their body levels were exactly identical to how they were when they physically performed that event. And so the point of that is that your body doesn't know the difference and your mind doesn't know the difference between reality or visualization and imagination. And so if we keep telling ourselves something like I'm, I'm really feeling this, this 2021, like I'm really trying to like put it out there for me and put it out into the world. Cause it's like, if we tell our bodies, like how amazing is that? Mm -hmm. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah. Our bodies are so powerful. And then there's also, I'll just mention this and then we'll move on. I'm so inspired by you. Um, Tony Robbins, I don't know if you or anyone listens to any of his stuff. Um, but he has a line that I've really, really, it's, it's stuck with me. And he says a recovering alcoholic will always be recovering because they keep saying I'm a recovering Mm. alcoholic as opposed to maybe I was an alcoholic, Mm -hmm. but I'm no longer, or I'm no longer Mm -hmm. an alcoholic, you know? So it's always sort of those titles that we give ourselves. Yes. From here on out, you are cancer. I love it. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Okay. So now I want to go back a little bit. What did life look like before motherhood? I mean, you have these two beautiful little girls, but what (laughs) going back, can you remember what life was like? Yeah. I think of myself, and even my husband before kids. And I just remember a feeling of um, free, being free. But I don't want to, I don't want to say that as if, you know, now that I have children, I'm tied down and I'm not free. You're not like, they're not mutually exclusive. But I just, I just think back to times when my husband and I, we got married really young. So we got married when we were 21 and straight out of college and we moved down to DC. We both got jobs and, um, my husband was the pastor of our church. So we were provided housing and I was a teacher. And so honestly, like times were good. We would go out to eat there. There were even, um, weekends, like there were a lot of weekends actually, where we would bring up Google maps. We would look at, uh, we would zoom out and we would look at the state and we would literally put a finger on the map with our eyes closed (gasps) and we would zoom in and say, we are going there. And we would just drive, we would just drive. I mean, and we, you know, obviously would find a fun restaurant or the number one ranked restaurant in that city where, wherever we were going or town. I mean, one time we ended up on the coast in this random little beach town and it was just so fun. And so that's what I, that's what I think of. Um, and that's, that's what I mean about free. Now we would not necessarily do that with a three-year-old. And well, I was going to say, <laughs> I know I was going to say, well, maybe though, like sometime COVID's making it a little bit trickier, but mm-hmm. maybe sometime like for a holiday or a birthday or something, maybe that's like, okay, you know, our parents or friends or whatever, have the kids for the weekend, like yes. close your eyes, put your finger on, on a place, like, let's go. Yes. That be fun to go back to that? Absolutely. Or when our kids are older, we are absolutely bringing that back. Even even yeah. just a little bit older. My three-year-old is just about officially potty trained, but that makes it a little bit more difficult. You know, there are a few, they still nap. And so there are a few things that we're going to graduate from and then definitely bring them into that. So, yeah. So, um, I have always been an athlete all of my life. So I was an athlete. My husband was an athlete. We went to school, um, college together, met, got married. And then about within three months of our marriage, we got pregnant. And so I became a mama pretty quickly um, after marriage. But that's a little glimpse of what life looked like before kids. And then what was your pregnancy and in your birthing experience like? And maybe with the two, was it different? Yes, they were completely different. So with my oldest, I really did not know that much about motherhood. And it's really ironic because I grew up babysitting. I grew up um, 
I was a nanny. I worked at a day camp for years. So I was around kids all the time. I went to school for teaching. And so I felt like I have got this under control. But the thing was that I had never really, I never had much experience with newborns. So it was a totally different ballgame. So I went in a little bit cocky and <laughs> we, we got the wind knocked out of us. So my birthing experience with my oldest, like I said, I really didn't know that much. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to kind of go with the flow. I'm going to do what they tell me to do. We went to one, maybe two parenting classes, but they were just very general. And I think that that kind of built up my cockiness as well, because it was like how to change diapers. And, you know, and I knew that because I had babysat, you know, a one month or a one-year-old and things like that. So it was very conventional. I had an epidural with my oldest. I went, my water broke. I went right to the hospital, had an epidural 36 hours later, she was born. Um, but with my second, it was very different because I had much more education the second time around. I was working out, I was eating healthy. The pregnancy honestly was so easy. Um, and again, my water broke. It's, I think it's maybe 10% of women whose water actually breaks. Actually breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but every time or both times, I guess I should say my water has broken. And so it just gushes and it's like, all right, it's time to go to the hospital. And so, um, I went to the hospital and I had been working a lot that day on an online course that I was working on. And so I hadn't eaten. And so we stopped at McDonald's and <laughs> my husband, um, actually I had this huge water bottle because like I said, I'd been working out. I'd been really healthy. I had this huge water bottle. Um, he handed me the bag that had the cheeseburger in it and he accidentally knocked my water all over me so I showed up at the hospital <laughs> so like, soaked. I'm like this is not all my water <laughs> well it is but it isn't <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, really? And that's just kind of my husband in a nutshell. Like he's just oh, he's so silly sometimes. So anyway, um, but I had been reading this book called Holy Labor, which I highly recommend. And basically the synopsis of the book is that it is all about how women's bodies, like God created our bodies to be able to do this and how we live in this fear-filled culture that tells us that birth is going to be the worst experience of your life and that, and it terrifies us and it scares us and it causes more pain and more damage. And, um, it's just a really negative view, honestly, on birth and labor. And so, um, the, the book basically suggests to, pray and, and just talk to God throughout your labor. And it sounded crazy to me when I was reading it, but I ended up just kind of deciding I'm going to try this. Like I didn't have a birth plan. Like I said, I just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to try this. If I can't stand it, then I will allow myself to get an epidural. I'm not against medicine, but I was curious if I could do it without anything. And I really wanted to challenge myself. And so honestly, I did not go in saying, I'm going to do this without any medicine. You know, I'm, I'm against medicine. It was nothing like that. Yeah. It, was, it was more of an experiment for myself. And so, and so my daughter, my youngest Willow, she was three weeks early. And so we were one day shy of me being able to get in the birthing tub, which I would have loved to do. 
So I, I mean, I was really like hours away, but they said, technically we can't allow you in the tub because this is where you're at. And so I said, well, what if I were to have her in the shower? And my midwife, who was so sweet, she said, technically I can't tell you that you can deliver her in the shower, but if you are in the shower and you happen to have her, I can't stop you. (laughs) Mamas, I just wanted to take a quick moment to recognize one of my sponsors, Hypnobabies. Hypnobabies is birth hypnosis, how to enjoy your baby's birth in comfort, joy, and love. If you're a soon-to-be mama or know a soon-to-be mama, check out the link in the show notes for Hypnobabies. There's a home study course, there's MP3 tracks, and there's also a few non-birthing tracks as well. How to stop smoking, how to help your toddler sleep, and many, many more. Check out Hypnobabies in the show notes for a 20% off discount, and make sure you use the code PUMPINGPODCAST for a 20% off discount. For more info about Hypnobabies, you can go back and listen to episode 7, where I interviewed the founder and CEO, Carrie Tishoff. She was gracious enough to give my listeners a private code for 20% off. So make sure you use that code pumping podcast. Go check out hypno babies in the show notes. Now back to the show. And so I got in the shower and I was able to have her in the shower naturally and without any medicine. And it's um, funny too, because when my water broke, like I said, she was three weeks early. So my bags were not packed. I wasn't ready at all. And so I kind of just shoved a bunch of stuff in there. Um, and packed and I just happened to grab some lemon essential oils and I'm really not even a huge oil person. I like oils. I have a basket full, but I don't really use them that much. Um, and, and I just happened to grab lemon and which is my favorite. And throughout the birthing process, it was like my body knew what to do with the oil, with pushing, with labor, with pain management. And it was just, it was honestly a, a, as wonderful as it could have been of an experience. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. And so just through each contraction, I just prayed, Lord, give me strength. I would um, recite verses of strength to myself. And, and then the lemon came in when I was having the contraction as well. So it was like this multimodal experience. And my husband was right there with the oil and the nurses came in every time they would say, oh, it smells so good in here. And it even started smelling <laughs> up the hall. And Uh, My husband and I have a joke now. We, I mean, we just joke about when I was in labor with Willow, I, and, um, the oil, I would just yell like lemon, 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 and he would quick (laughs) open it. And, um, I would huff it and then work through the contraction. And so, yeah, so my first was not, um, super spiritual. It was just very conventional. And then my second was very, very spiritual. So both completely different experiences. It's nice how you were able to sort of transition from one to the other and figure out kind of what you needed, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I will say, I just want to add that I don't know if I would, people ask me, would you do that again? Do it naturally again? And I don't know if I would. It's kind of like now that I've done it, I don't, I, I know that it was painful and it was very mentally trying. And so I'm not sure if I would do it again. So I want to say that just so that women who are listening don't think, oh man, because it really, I'm not against medicine. And so you're not necessarily more, you know, strong or courageous because you do or don't use medicine. And so I'm not like some kind of 
birth warrior now just because I've done that. Honestly, I, I probably would do the medicine if I have a third just because I wanted to see what it was like without medicine. I saw, I came, I conquered. Right. And now, <laughs> you know, medicine is a good thing. Painkillers are amazing. I love that. I saw, I came, I conquered. That might end up being uh, your title. <laughs> that might be your title. <laughs> I, love life. I love it. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> and so, of course, now you, I mean, you're just trying to lift other people up, which I think is an unbelievable thing. So you have your blog that you work and write on all the time and you have your podcast, which is so cool. Um, I didn't mention this earlier, but mamas go check out her podcast. It's called the weather channel, W H E T H E R. And you can hear stories of friends and whether or not they decide to become victims to their circumstance. I think the coolest thing about this, and I want to know kind of how the inspiration came about, but you're putting the focus on other warriors, as you say, and kind of what they have gone through, what their battle has been, and you're helping to lift them up and congratulate them and simultaneously doing that for yourself. Where did, where did this idea come about? Were you looking for an outlet? So I was looking for an outlet, but that wasn't the first event, so to speak, that happened. I actually had been having many conversations with people who had also been suffering in various ways, whether it was cancer or um, loss of a loved one or a child or divorce or all of these extremely painful, trying things that have brought suffering. And I found myself having these conversations with people in private and really it, I just grew this passion to share these stories with the world because in every single conversation I found myself saying, man, I wish that other people could hear your story and know that they're not alone and hear how you overcame and hear that you didn't fall victim to your circumstances um, and just have hope. And so, because I, I found that with every conversation, it seemed as if we were surprised and shocked by the suffering that we experienced. And so I know that as humans, we, that is, that is what happens when we enter suffering, we are shocked and we're surprised. And I wanted to sort of educate people to not be surprised when you go through suffering, because honestly, we live in a broken world and there is going to be suffering. I'm not like a doomsayer, but I mean, I, I think that when we are prepared and aware that there may be some severe suffering coming in our lives. And so just making people aware of that, but then also providing them a resource of here's what this looked like for this person. Um, and here, you know, here are some practical things that they did. Maybe, um, you know, here's what their story looked like. And, and it's really interesting because a lot of, um, my actually almost every single one of my guests, they have taught me so much. And I thought that, well, my story is so different from, um, for example, one of my last interviews was miscarriage. I have never personally struggled with miscarriage, but I interviewed um, a couple friends, um, the husband and wife, and I didn't expect to get much out of it because I've never been through that. I felt like, well, cancer is so different from miscarriage. And they taught me so much and they encouraged my heart so much. And so suffering is really universal. And so I want people to know that, but I yes. want, I also just want 
humans to be able to hear how to suffer well, how to suffer with joy, and that even if you are going through life's toughest circumstance that you have been handed, you can get through it. People have gone before you. You will get through it. Um, And so that's where it came from. And so just through these conversations, the desire grew. That's beautiful. And it, it aligns exactly with what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to show other moms that they're not alone as well, you know, and everybody's story looks so different. Exactly. And, you know, whether or not they had their epidural, whether or not they've had a miscarriage, whether or not they can't even have children and they had Mm -hmm. to adopt, like, yes, you know, everyone's story looks different, but yeah, there's always some sort of, some sort of struggle. And that's a beautiful way of putting it. I also want to make sure that I mentioned this beautiful blog that you have and I mean, I'm going to put some links in the show notes. So you, you mamas have to go check, check out some of her, her links here. One of them, I love the three things to know about a cancer patient. So I'm, whether or not you want to pull from this blog or not, or just something on the top of your head, I'm sure there are many things for the general public to know many things for like general public, stop talking, like Yes. Put your foot in your mouth, you know? Yes. But what do you think are a couple like highlight things that just right off the bat come to your mind that, that we need to know about a cancer patient? Yeah. So one of them that is listed on there is not to ask them about death or about, have you considered dying? Um, and it goes back to what we were touching on earlier, just about your mental space, having to be healthy. Um, and I, I'm not talking about like, you have to be able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but you, for me personally, what I, through this journey, what I have done is just relied on God's strength and, um, his healing power. And, because of that and through that, I I think that there's also a connection with, again, having your mind in the right place. Like when, when someone's diagnosed with cancer, of course, the first thing that they think about is death, like about dying. Um, and so I, I want to, I mentioned relying on the Lord's power because I really believe in the power of holding space for both the, the option of dying, right? Like it's inevitable that we're all going to die. Like a hundred percent of people have died. Um, but also holding space for healing. And so not thinking that death is not a possibility whatsoever. Like, of course it's, of course it's inevitable, but I'm going to fight. Like, I'm not just going to choose to die. So yeah, when I was first diagnosed, somebody asked, you know, because I was very positive. I was very, um, forward thinking, like we're going to beat this, you know, but also again, I was holding both. I said, I'm going to beat this. We're going to overcome it. But even if God doesn't decide to heal me, he's still good. And somebody asked, you know, like, you're very, you're very positive. You're very optimistic about this. Have you considered if you do die? Um, you know, and, it was just such a blow to me because yeah, no, and, it hasn't crossed my mind at all. Right? Oh my goodness, is that what happens? You know, with cancer? Really? Is that a possibility? Yes. Oh my god, I can't believe you told me. Thanks for exactly, updating. exactly. And so it was just oh, yeah, yeah. so frustratingly ignorant to ask somebody that because like I said, it's the first thing that comes to your mind. And so, and I'm sure that I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm sure that your audience knows, um, but 
but yeah, and I do think that there's space for that conversation, but this also came from somebody who I didn't really know very well. Like we weren't super close. And so it was just super inappropriate and it just threw me for a loop and put me in a, in a dark place. Um, and so, yeah, I think that there is space to hold that conversation, but it has to be with someone that you're, you're really close with. Um, and I don't think that it needs to be focused on. I think that again, you need to, you need to, um, really think about and deal with like the possibility and, and what will happen to you ultimately if you do pass, you know, like make sure you're right with the Lord and, Mm -hmm. um, with your people and all of those things, but, but then move on and, and live and focus on healing and living and not focusing on being a cancer patient and, or whatever, a divorcee or whatever, you know, it might not be a literal life or death, but, um, but yeah, so that I always like to just think that the people who ask questions like that, there's gotta be a reason why they're like, they must be going through something that they're not considering, you know, like, wow, you're so positive and that's what you're going through. And I just spilled my coffee and I wanted to just like, you know, punch someone, you know, <laughs> so maybe exactly. I always have to put it in that perspective. Like, Oh, you're having a hard day. Well, yes. I'm still feeling good. So yes, exactly. I love that. I love that blog post. And then a couple others that I want to make sure I, uh, I mentioned that will be listed here in the show notes. I loved this one. And this works for anybody. Meaningful things to do when you're feeling sorry for yourself. Oh, that is so good. And you have so many good um, suggestions on there. And that can be anything. I think that's the thing I, I loved about this post is it's like, it's okay to feel sorry for yourself. Don't mm-hmm. sit in it for too long. Yes. And then use these tools that you came up with to help get yourself out of that. The last one that I want to make sure I mention is gifts for a warrior. It's gifts your cancer patient will actually use and love. Holy moly, that's so important. Yes. Yes. So important. This has been just such a fun blog to write. It came from when I was first diagnosed, a lot of people. It was so wonderful. Um, by the way, if you know of a newly diagnosed cancer patient, friends who are listening, if you know of a newly diagnosed cancer patient, reach out to them and see if there's anything that they need. Even if you can't offer something physical, it could be prayer or encouragement or, um, you know, creativity is key, but, um, so I had a lot of people reach out and that just made all the difference, especially after the conversation that I had to have with the person who asked if I considered death. Um, it just really reminded me that there are people who really care, um, and are willing to sacrifice time or money. Um, but I was kind of stumped when I first was diagnosed with what I really needed. People would say, what do you really need? Um, or people would just take it upon themselves to send a care package and like all of the care packages were wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but you tend to get a lot of the same things. And then, you know, you either don't have a place to put 20 blankets or, um, (laughs) or, you know, somebody else who needs it more. And so you might pass it off and, um, give it to somebody else. So I came up with this blog 
um, full of things that your cancer patient will not only love, but also use. Um, and these are things that I use all the time. Like right here, I have my, my extra, extra large water bottle, um, because there is no dehydration, like chemo dehydration. And so, um, things like that, that you may not think of if you haven't gone through chemo or any type of cancer treatment. Um, so it's really, there are things on this list for mind, body, and soul. And they have just really changed the game for me and been really, it's, it's been so fun to see how many people have said, thank you for this, because I was about to give them more, uh, you know, another blanket and ginger drops, which there is totally a blanket and ginger drops on this list because those things are necessary, but, <laughs> but we don't need 20, 20 more blankets, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's things that we really use and will love and they're creative and unique. And it's just been so fun to make this and watch people receive gifts and purchase gifts for loved ones. That's awesome. I know that I've felt that a couple of ways. Like I want to help, but I don't know how to help. I don't know what to give. I, nothing seems appropriate. So mm -hmm. that, that's really helpful. Yeah. Good. Allie, I think I could sit here and talk to you for hours. Yes, this has been oh, so no, fun. I, I want to let you get back to your little girls. Oh my <laughs> gosh, you just light me up. So thank you so much for being here. I have my last final question for you, which is back focused on, on your two little beautiful angels. And that is, what is something that you would like to tell them now for when they're 18? Mm. I would, I love this question. I, one thing that I have just been praying over them throughout this entire journey and that I would want them to know um, now and also when they're older is that the Lord uses every single part of our lives. He doesn't let anything go to waste. So even if they do have trauma, which I know that they do, um, from my trauma, from the cancer diagnosis, from me fighting for the past two years, for me doing a stem cell transplant and not even being home with them for weeks and um, seeing me in the hospital, and just all the trauma that we have been through, they're going to have trauma, but I want them to know that the Lord is going to use that in their lives, whether it is something like knowing what to get a cancer patient or knowing how to talk to sick people. Um, you know, there are just so many things and I have just prayed over and over that the Lord would use this experience in their lives. And, and I know that he will, because like I said, he doesn't let anything go to waste. He turns um, ashes into beauty. And so I am just so excited to see my girls use what has been so broken and make it into something beautiful. And like I said, I can't wait until they are old enough to have conversations with strangers and I get to see them walk up to the sick person or befriend the kid in their class who has cancer or really understand how important it is to wash your hands or, um, you know, wear a mask or whatever. I'm not going to get political on here. I'm not really either pro or anti-mask yeah. necessarily, but, you know, but just like have that awareness that um, if there is someone in their class whose mom has cancer, like it's so easy for her to get sick. And so they might be the kids that are really intentional about wearing their mask or um, washing their hands or on and on. So I'm just, I'm really excited to see them shine and I'm already seeing them um, reap the benefits of the suffering that we have been through. 
That's so beautiful. And I think it's important for women and moms to know who are listening, whether or not you're dealing with something like Allie's situation, whatever your situation is, especially in motherhood, because there's a ton of struggle and hardship that you're going to come upon. But there is some sort of uplifting, positive encouragement that's going to come out of it, whether it's your children learning something. What a cool way of thinking of it that way, or your children being inspired by you and yeah, what a yeah. cool spin. I have had so many people, I couldn't even say if it were just, if it was just moms in general, but I've had so many people ask, like, how are your girls doing? Like, you know, kind of in a freak out way, like panicky. Oh no, how are they doing with all of this? And honestly, my husband and I have just, we've, we've been very honest with them in an age appropriate way this whole time. It's not like they've never known what I've been going through. And it's just so natural to us to be honest with them and know that this is part of their story. Like this isn't a part of their life that we should hide from them. Um, we're really close with our kids and we, we try and really foster healthy relationships with them. And so I just can't even imagine like hiding this from them or believing that this wasn't going to be used powerfully some way in their life. Okay, cancer-free Allie. <laughs> I'm going to be checking up on you in about a month to see how your yes. resolution's going. Yes, I can't wait. What a joy this has been. Mamas yeah. and friends who are listening, please check out the show notes. Go ahead and listen to her podcast, The Weather Channel. Check out her blog and all of these amazing links to these articles. And um, follow Allie, get inspired by her, connect with her if you need someone to reach out to. And uh, I hope to keep keep following you and your story. And I know that you're going to inspire me and thank you for inspiring all the mamas listening today. Thank you for doing what you're doing, Jessica. The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms. And I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, take a minute on Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and make sure you review so other mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. Some fun news for you. We have a private mama network for support and community of mamas. If you'd like to join, email info at thepumpingpodcast.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest and share your journey into motherhood, email interviews at thepumpingpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast. And for any other questions or to connect, check out thepumpingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. You light me up and inspire me. And share the podcast with a mama or future mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping.